Welcome everybody, my name is Pat Bryan, I'm co-founder and performance director here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. I'm delighted to be uh, joined today by one of our expert coaches, Ian Jenner. Ian, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Pat. Enjoying lovely weather in Italy at the moment. Absolutely, and you've lived in Italy for a few years now, haven't you? Yeah, I'm on my fourth year. Uh, moved from uh, the UK four years ago, so yeah, we're into the fourth year. Well used to dragging myself up mountains by now so yes all good all good and enjoying it immensely fantastic and why don't you give our listeners a little bit of uh, about your background and uh, your style as a coach yeah we'll do um my background uh, as Pab has already said uh, rightly so i've been here in italy now for four years i, I live out at uh, lake garda so i'm very lucky to work uh train and uh at sometimes coach and run training camps out here so it's uh, a, a it's fantastic time I've, I've had so far but my training cycling background is uh is, is fairly long i've been riding bikes i've been involved in bikes for about 40 years um starting with uh whizzing around my paper round course throwing out the papers as fast as i couldn't trying to see how quickly i could get back home and I've done pretty much everything really with cycling from road, TT, MTB, uh, Sportives, Grand Fondos obviously being in Italy, and I've done some of the some of the tough ones. Not not the Maratona as Pav has done. I need I'm, I'm still waiting to do that, but some of the really big ones. Uh, and of course, been involved in club cycling. And as a cyclist, I've obviously been coached uh, myself. So my philosophy is very much around how I wanted to be coached uh, when I was an athlete, uh, being coached by somebody. And my background is primarily hotels and restaurants before I became a coach. So very much person-focused and trying to very much deal with the individual. So that's my that, the big focus on the emphasis on where I like to and how I like to coach people. Absolutely. And that's the one of the reasons or many of the reasons why we, we love you as uh, here at Spokes and uh, <laughs> I'm delighted to have you as a part of our coaching setup. Uh, now we go back I've, a long way. We go back a long way. We do actually. We uh, yeah. The, for the for the listeners, actually, we we both lived in Hastings at some point, even though it wasn't at the same time, if I remember rightly. It was uh, uh, at different times. But um, we're so the reason we're here today is obviously to talk about testing. Now, obviously, there's a right uh, a right way and a right reason to do testing. A lot of people get hung up on some of the specifics of testing. Uh, uh, a lot of people also get that wrong. And uh, there's, a, there's a few really good points that you and I have discussed formed into a blog, which can be found on Spokes.fit website. And uh, uh, we just want to talk to it, talk about it today. So um, let's just jump straight in and talk about why anybody should test their performance. Well, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not testing yourself, then how do you really know that you're actually getting better? You know, all of us, I mean, nobody really likes testing at the end of the day, um, whether you're a club cyclist, professional, somebody that's just wanting to improve themselves. You know, you don't really like doing a test. I mean, I, I think if you asked most people, they would probably say no. But if you're not testing yourself, then you don't really know how better you're getting. Sure. Some people will look at, OK, I can do a loop quicker than I did before. or This is my favorite training area that I like to ride and I've gone 30 seconds quicker or two minutes faster. But if you're not actually looking at some physical aspect of why you're faster and you're only basing that on, uh, well, I was just quicker, then, you know, you sort of like losing the plot a little bit. So testing is is really important and it's something that you know unfortunately we don't like it but we do really have to be looking to do it i'm afraid 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, what would you, for you, what would the key characteristics of a test actually be? Well, I think that uh, I'm going to go back a little bit in regards to testing, saying that a lot of people don't really like testing. I mean, I'm not a really big fan of testing, but I do have my regular moments where I push myself to doing a test. I mean, the characteristics of testing, what we want to try to see, we want to see progress. I think some of the errors that people necessarily make is probably testing too soon on the back of things. Uh, so they might do a test and then not do so well in that test and then try again two days later or even the same day or the next week or the next two weeks. So I think, you know, there needs to be good preparation before you're doing a test. You need to get yourself in a place to know in this particular time frame, on this particular day, I'm going to be doing a test, whether that's an FTP or something else, and actually work towards that particular target that you have in your training diary and calendar yeah absolutely and uh, realistically what we're talking about here as well is making uh, a test at a number of things in, including being like reliable repeatable and uh, many other sort of uh, factors there so um the gold standard for many years has been um, the sort of uh, functional threshold power test or the 20-minute yeah. test. And so for people who are, don't understand that too much, your, your FTP, your functional threshold power, is a, an approximation of what you could hold power-wise for 60 minutes. You could do an equivalent heart rate one for those who aren't doing power. But uh, a 20-minute test is, a, again, is, a, is, is a roughly um, is 95% of a 20-minute test result would be your FTP. Uh, so you're talking about a approximations of approximations already which is is quite funny so it brings the big question uh is ftp really worth it well yeah i mean it is because if you don't do an ftp and you don't have that 20 minute test there then it's very difficult for you to figure out what all your training zones are so whether that's going from right from zone one right up to five and five a b and c so you know you need you need to be able to put that test and have a basis of something in order for you to set the rest of your training zones. So yes, unfortunately, for everybody out there that's thinking I'm going to have this magic word and say, don't worry about an FTP test, I'm afraid that you do need to do that 20 minute or some form of FTP in order for you to set your zones within any training tool you're using, whether that's training peaks or anything else, you need to do that test at some stage. Yeah, unfortunately, I completely agree with you. Um, there's, there's, there's a number of ways you can actually do the test. And I think we'll talk about those later. Uh, 20 minute yeah, test yeah. is, uh, is, is a really is, the, is like I said, the gold standard, everybody's done that, but it's a little bit starting to become outdated. And um, there's some there's some types yeah. of people who might want might still do a 20 minute test. But you, you touched on a really good point there. And I wanted to reiterate is that actually training peaks and uh, it is a software based platform. Uh, for those who don't know, it's, it's really powerful. We use it at Spoke. As, mo- as, as most coaches do use Training Peaks as, a, as their, uh, their sort of platform to, to coach on. And uh, essentially, um, all of the data driven um, analytical tools are derived out of FTP. So you've got stuff like how you check your if you're progressing over a long period of time using your chronic training load and uh, your CTL. And uh, if you've not got a good FTP, if you've not got a correct FTP in there, you're going <laughs> to skew that. And it's the same with just about everything, your intensity factors, your uh, everything like that is uh, is all born out of FTP. So uh, unfortunately, the answer to is FTP worth it is, uh, yeah, un- <laughs> you do need to test it. Yeah. Um, so let's now then talk about the best way to test FTP. Ian, what are your thoughts on that, mate? 
Okay, I would, again, I'd go back a little bit here in, in when we're talking about FTP. The moment you throw uh, a 20-minute effort in there or, or a measured 20-minute effort, most most cyclists that are maybe new to training or even the ones that are doing training, even, even me, if you throw an FTP at me, I'm going to probably freak. Um, you know, you want to go back a little bit and, and start to look at what sort of testing, you know, you can deal with when i say deal with i mean in inverted commas i'll give myself an example i quite like doing one minute five minute ten minutes 60 minute and 90 minute now those are the parameters which work almost around 20 minute but these are things which can help you get used to again i'm going to use inverted commas in this word with suffering you know at the end of the day doing an ftp test i like to tell all my athletes and they will know any of the ones that are listening to this will know that when i talk about sustainable suffering that's what a 20 minute test is all about really or doing a time trial but if you can try to get your head around doing one minute and five and ten and 60 and 90 and work at these when you actually come to doing a 20 minute test it's actually not as bad as you think it's going to be because you know how hard it is to ride five minutes if you can do five minutes you can do 10 if you can do 10 you can probably do 20 so trying to focus on those maybe before you start to ramp into an ftp test if you've already done one that is is a probably good starting place and to have those one minute, five minute, 10 minute, 60 minute, 90 minute, 20 minute as well, spread throughout your calendar year where you are constantly, if you like, testing yourself, where then testing becomes a fairly normal thing for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. And I'd like to throw in a, a couple of factors that that I, I feel quite relevant is that, yeah, while we don't uh, necessarily think that doing a, a 20 minute test for, for a newbie is the, is the best way, but there are shorter tests at which uh, are fairly more uh, easy to, to sort of conduct. Uh, you, you could play around with some sub-maximal tests, but in reality, you can derive a, a FTP figure based on an incremental ramp test, uh, which I know is becoming a more popular with the, the online uh, Zwift-based communities, uh, and uh, or even like a three-minute uh, all-out effort but, uh, and uh, get your FTP from 70% of, uh, uh, of uh, the, the average across the three minutes or your average in the final minute of an incremental ramp test is usually your, uh, a good indicator, as good an indicator as you're going to get of your FTP. And uh, I think that you could tie that in with making it relevant towards your goals. So if you're a, a hill climb uh, and a British hill climb sort of uh, asp- aspirations, then you might look to do the three minute test because that's going to potentially be similar to the, the effort that you're going to be putting out in your in your target goals. Uh, unfortunately, like your, your 10 mile tester, your 10 mile time trialist is uh, is probably going to stick with the, the 20 minute uh, test. I mean, a 25 mile could even do like a, a full on 60 minute FTP test and uh, and stuff like that. But I know that the incremental ramp test is actually a quite a, a fairly good one for the for the newbies. And I would I would look out for that. So um, but let's talk about other performance indicators because it's really important. And I, I think one of the, the goals of this uh, podcast is to help the listeners understand that while FTP is an is a very important measure um, as we talked about it's it's, it's crucial for uh, for analytical systems like training peaks to, to run efficiently um, there are other indicators that uh, are going to be really important and for example you you you'd say that that for the for, we'll take like a, a person who wants to do a century ride and uh, their biggest performance indicator is probably just going to be endurance wouldn't you agree in 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think I, I'm going to go back a little bit on some of the things you touched on there. You know, I tend to find nowadays with the athletes that I, I work with, most of them will prefer to do a ramp test. So, you know, this is an increment over every minute, which tends to be uh, a little bit sort of less painful, if you like. You know, you can afford to start back a little bit and almost save yourself for a big push at the end. So, you know, Pav, you're 100% right. You know, that that tends to be the way that most people t- uh, go. And if I'm going to set any of my athletes into a some sort of FTP test, I'm probably going to direct them to that. Uh, because they will tend to uh, perform that a lot better. But also, yeah, you're right. I think one of the things here with FTP tests is, you know, there is this golden, you know, comparison where all cyclists like to compare people's FTPs and, yeah, mine's 280 and mine's 310 and mine's 275 or whatever it is. At the end of the day, obviously, that 300 is almost like that golden mile that we think that somebody's a great cyclist because they've got a 300 plus FTP. But that doesn't always mean that they are such a great cyclist. It means that they can, maybe they can suffer fairly well for that 20 minutes or they've done well on that ramp test. But good cyclists don't always necessarily have to have a good FTP. And it does, again, as you said, come down to what you're actually doing your training for, 100%. Yeah, so um, I guess what other performance indicators could we could we give as examples? I, I mean, I love for, for we talked about new newbies to cycling, and uh, there's a very strong chance that their uh, their flexibility. I always like to bring out this because it's an off the bike indicator. Their flexibility and their core strength yeah. might be weaker than the, the common person. So uh, a good a good way to measure that would be your simple plank challenge. You, you just see how how long you can hold a plank for, and then um, and and then look to improve that over a, a set of four, eight, twelve. However long you feel like you need to you need to go and that will have like uh, incredible gains on the bike and uh, obviously we talked a little bit about maybe a um a, a sort of hill climb specialist doing maybe a three minute effort as a as a good effort uh, indicator of if their performance is getting better and our century rider doing an endurance test which an endurance test could be as simple as going out on your bike for as long as possible and then continually looking to beat that that i mean as we all start with cycling uh, or started in cycling that was pretty much how we knew we were getting better we were able to go on a longer bike ride uh, and we were testing ourselves um, but what about those who maybe are on the track or mountain bike or uh, anything like that? Are there any other indicators that you would uh, like to point out? I think some of the things is, you know, like uh, as cyclists, we like to do, you touched briefly on there, but, you know, you, you, we love to ride the same routes. I mean, I've got a couple of roads that I ride probably at least once or maybe even twice a week that I love to do my little like training loops. And there are areas on there when I like to see I can get up a bit quicker my heart rate was less than it was before. Uh, I get up there without, instead of being out of breath, now I'm not. Uh, I can beat my my colleagues uh, on my club ride. Instead of being the last person, I'm now second from last or fourth from last or I'm in the middle or I'm at the front. So these things are quite good too. One of the things I really like, I mean, I'm old enough to remember training with RPE. And if any of the listeners are an, an ancient old, uh, old cretin like I am, uh, you know, we didn't have heart rate monitors, didn't have power meters. You know, we we raced on RPE, so the rate of perceived effort. And my old coach used to tell me, you know, if you're talking, then you're not working hard enough, which was generally every zone I ever uh, uh, trained at. But there is an element of that, which is quite a good tool to use. Getting to the top of a, a hill would not the, the one that you're riding often without being out of breath, being able to catch people fairly simply, finishing a ride, not being as tired. 
all of these markers are quite good to realize that you're actually starting to get fitter and you're starting to do well yeah absolutely and uh, i think that the the key the key thing to take away from this is uh, definitely try to make your testing as relevant to your goals as possible um like we were just sort of saying there's there's many different ways if you're uh if you're a roadie a road racer then uh potentially your your efforts might be centered around uh how much you can do over a short period of time to mimic a breakaway or uh even if you're more into crits you might look at uh what your sprint power is and that's uh how i would uh, measure that so um ian what's the the best way to approach testing let's talk about pacing performance and mentality because these are three really big areas which people tend to get wrong yeah okay so the first thing here whatever test you're doing you know sometimes it can work for you and and, and against you in the fact of you've got it you have a test looming you know it's in in a week in two weeks time it's in a week's time it's in three days time but the thing is if you're if you know that that's coming, then you need to mentally prepare for that. Now, as cyclists, people always think, you know, your legs go and when you're, when you're on a climb or when you're riding, it's always, you know, your legs go first. Actually, mentally, you, your head says, I can't do that. And this is a little bit like we're doing testing. You know that a test is looming and you almost put yourself in the position of I'm going to fail before I've even started. So trying to get on top of that is the biggest hurdle that you're going to probably have to deal with you know embrace that journey embrace the fact that it's not going to be fairly comfortable but try to use that with thinking okay last time i did it like this how much better can i do this workout compared to now and you know mentally yeah yeah you know you need to be really driven and focused on the fact that it's going to be an uncomfortable 20 minutes whatever or whatever test you're doing and you're going to have to really be committed to to putting in that effort. Yeah, completely agree. And um, I'd like to throw in uh, uh, something that is uh, relatively relatively new to to sort of how we approach the mental sort of uh, um, side of uh, of that is that a big revelation for myself and the the clients who I've introduced this to is just meditating. Uh, we've talked about this a few times on uh, on Bespoke and. Uh, uh we we find that yes it, it you're you're never like you say you're never uh you, you don't necessarily get the pain to get any easier you just become more uh accustomed to it and accepting of yeah. it so uh really really big uh big thing there i think so Ian, what about pacing how would you um what's your advice on pacing uh let's just we'll just do a 20 minute effort for the for the for the listeners Okay, well, what you want to be doing is obviously, you know, you need a good warm up. At the end of the day, you're you would normally look at an FTP FTP test from start to finish is going to be about 45, 50 minutes. If you look at traditional 20 minute effort, Uh, you're going to have a good, you know, 10, 15 longer if you need it. Depends how long it takes your muscles to warm up. So, for instance, myself, I tend to find that I need about. 20 25 minutes which is absolutely fine but you don't want to put your effort in that first part this is not really necessarily part of your test the test is that 20 minutes so there's no need for you to hammer the life out of that first part because in coaching many of these people listening will probably hear coaches talking about burning all your matches but you'll burn them before you get there meaning you'll use all your energy up before you arrive at that 20 minutes then what you want to do is one the moment you start in that 20 minutes in that particular part of the warm-up you want to start again to be using your mind to realize okay i'm five minutes in and as pev said and it's a great point 
using you know your your head to understand rather than saying oh my god i'm three minutes away from from suffering okay i'm three minutes away from starting okay let's get myself into a good place concentrate on what you're doing with your breathing concentrate on how you are mentally when you hit the, the beginning of that first block and i always like to split an ftp into like five minute blocks again most people will go from the gun it's really difficult to ride at 300 watts if you're only if your ftp at the moment is 220 i mean try doing it it's difficult so you don't want to be sitting there you want at that value you want to be increasing as you go over the five minutes and if you can split the five minutes within that 20 minute and go 10% increase, 15% increase, 20% increase, and then just bury yourself, you're probably going to do fairly okay, to be perfectly honest. You probably have a few dips, but you need to bring yourself back up as best you can. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a, a really valid point there you you touch on. If uh, for, for the people that are... Uh, it, as humans we're always looking and we're always hoping and always expecting really big gains in our testing uh, but i see so many tests that go wrong because somebody goes off the, the the from the start and gun really too hard i think that like you say the best thing to do is probably at least do the first five minutes at your your current best 20 minute effort as we're talking about 20 minutes uh testing here uh, and then after five minutes if you're feeling good and strong then yeah up it a little bit and then continue to up it rather than rather than picking a number out of the air like you say yet yeah, too many people are kind of at the 200s 250 maybe and they're like yeah today's the day i'm going to do a, a 300 uh what yeah. uh, effort and uh, uh i guess there's probably one person in a hundred or so that probably does get that and that might just be because they've not tested in a long time or their power meter's not calibrated or before it wasn't and and everything like this so yeah it's just about being realistic and, and reining yourself in because i tell you there's yeah. nothing nothing worse than overcooking an ftp test and having to hang on those last those last 10 <laughs> five minutes are really really hard aren't they yeah and i think people i think the thing we need to try to explain to people here as well is that you know generally you know we're not professional cyclists most of us are probably training seven hours a week maybe 10 maybe 12 maybe 15 if you're really lucky you know we've got family life commitments work we've got all sorts of things going on around us now, when you're training to that particular time frame, you know, you, there is only so much work that you can put in. So, again, coming back to setting yourself a target, and this is where I always try to advise athletes not to do that, because invariably, again, you're probably setting yourself up to fail because you're going to jump bigger than you probably uh, you're wanting to jump bigger than it is actually achievable. So let's say somebody's on a 220 FTP at the moment and they say, I'm going to try and hit 260. I like 250, but I want to go beyond it. I'm going to go to 260. You're going to fail that. You will not put 40 watts on top of your FTP. Training is all about being consistent and working away over a long period. So you're better off if your FTP is 220 to say, okay, I'm going to try for two, three, five. If you want to give yourself a target, don't try to over, uh, over sort of emphasize how big you want to go. If you go two, three, five, and you can go beyond it, great. But try to keep your target smaller, which is more achievable, which will motivate you more when you come to do the next one. And you will find as well, as you go through testing and your training develops, 
the increases in FTP suddenly start to become a lot smaller, going back to what I was saying about how much time you've been given to training. So you might start at the beginning and get five or 10 more increases. But I know plenty of people that I coach and even myself, when you get to a point where FTP is at a level, it might be two watts, five watts tops. It won't be any more than that. So you need to try to embrace that fact as well, that it's not going to jump dramatically from 220 to 250 or 250 to 310. It's not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think, yeah, again, it comes down to expectations and uh, uh, not le- not allowing your expectations of yourself to, to ruin your, your testing and then thus obviously uh, having that negative effect on your sort of mentality. Um, and I guess mentality is a really, really big thing here. Um, and it, it ties into something that gets talked about quite a bit and is uh, can be a considerable uh, issue in some respects, is that can you just become a good tester? 100%. I firmly uh, support that comment and agree 100%. The reason why I say that is because I have athletes that I coach that are really good at testing. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to tell you who those people are, but I have people that are racing a lot. They will, they can test phenomenally. I can set them anything and they will knock it out of the park. But when you switch that to race day, they then struggle. I know and they know they can race at threshold for an hour at 300 plus watts. But mentally when they arrive at race day and they're suddenly stuck with loads of other people and all different things happening, which is out of their control. And most of these people that are hopefully listening to this have raced, or even if you haven't raced and you're doing sportives and grand fondos, if to sit in a room and sit on your bike and go, okay, I'm gonna do 20 minutes at this, bam, and knock, knock it out. When you turn up for an event, you've got nerves, you've got the weather. You then realize that Billy Bob wasn't racing and now he is. Oh, my God, he's so much better than me. All these things start coming into your head and you lose that mental ability to believe that you're actually good enough to be able to do that. So, yes, I 100 percent agree. You can become a really good tester uh, and then you're not able to convert that into what you're doing outside. Yeah, absolutely. And I hate that Billy Bob too. He's a right turd. (laughs) There's always that guy turns up at all the races that I want to win and uh, pips me to it. But yeah, I think I think from a personal point of view, I I was the same. I was while I was pretty good, I had some good results in in racing. Uh, I I just got really good at being able to pace like a 20 minute test. Like I, I could really do it. I knew exactly where to start. I knew exactly how much I could push on a little bit. And I could I, I think probably that the, the time trialists the testers that are listening to this can probably agree you do get really good at listening to your body after after a long time of racing uh, and I think that when you're doing a, a 20 minute test you actually um, you, you know exactly when you need to le- ease off a tiny amount or when you can push on a bit and I think that actually while that's a good thing uh, it also means that you're potentially always going to get a, a good result in testing when uh, when you might not actually be fully deserving of it because we've got to remember these are approximations of approximations and just because you're really good at a 20 minute effort doesn't necessarily mean that that is your FTP because we can see this by basically anybody that's new that does a 20 minute effort it will get a good score but you try and hold your FTP for an hour and you've not trained at your FTP that much you're not going to do it 
There's, and that's, no. and that's, it, that's, just, that's just because you've not trained that. So it is, it becomes, it becomes very, very interesting. And there's a lot of sort of assumptions that you have to make as a, uh, in training and, and in coaching. And that's where I think that, yeah, why, why, why coaching is, is so important. So think, uh, we'd, sorry, no, Pat, I was going to say, I think one of the other things that, uh, from the guys that, you know, I work with, all of them will know that, uh, Anybody that generally uh, does a workout with me on erg mode, uh, I normally uh, forgive them the first few times. But if I start to see my week uh, with everything on erg, uh, they normally get a slap wrist from me saying, OK, what's going on? I'm not the greatest fan of erg. And I think some ways that can work against people that are doing testing. And, and even where you're just training, let's say generally training with power, of course you can get the results. Of course you can get everything absolutely spot on. But then when you get to transverse that outside, so let's say somebody goes off to do out do airs, they don't actually know how to control the power outputs that they're actually putting out. So I would say to anybody training anyway with power and looking at doing testing be very mindful of how much you use erg mode yes it, it can be great and it can be really helpful but it can also work against you when we are focusing on training with power to do testing and ftps especially yeah absolutely and just for just for the people who aren't sure what erg or erg mode is could you just give them a little uh, uh, insight into that please yeah, it's basically, you know, a control. What, what you do is, you know, you, you've set up your, uh, you've got your training session from your coach, you've, you've loaded everything into uh, Zwift, and I'll keep the, the technology very simple. What it does is you put all the stats in and the, your, uh, the, the, the system will control your output. So if you're doing a five-minute effort at 200 watts, you won't be able to go above that. It will in, ensure that you ride five minutes, 200 watts at that particular block. Then you've got three minutes recovery at 150 and it will drop you down to 150 and you can't push beyond that. Of course, you can click in and out of that. That's fine. And some of the systems allow you to do that. But you're, you've got a controlled effort. And the great thing about training is, you know, sometimes if you can feel that you can push beyond things, then, you know, push beyond it. And again, comes back to what I said just now, you know, training with power is all about looking at, what you're putting out and if you've got something doing it and controlling that for you you're sort of losing the whole issue of why you're training with power really so it can work for you and it's good to do sometimes but i wouldn't say to people to do that uh, on a majorly regularly regular basis yeah absolutely agree with you there um, and we we touched on it earlier, so let's just uh, we're coming to the end now. I I really want to talk about um, everybody. Everybody's had a bad test, so um, but there's some people who are probably listening that are like I repeatedly struggle to improve in testing. What can they do? Uh, do you think that's just down to their training? Do you think it's down to the way they approach the testing? Could it be a combination of everything? What what would your advice be to somebody who's listening who can identify as uh, like that? Okay, I would say the first thing is, first thing, bear in mind, there is no bad FTP test. There, 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 there just isn't. I mean, when you we say bad, yeah, you might not get the result you want, but at the end of the day, you've done a training session, and that training session is going to help you further down the road. So maybe you've not achieved what you wanted to achieve, but you've still done a workout, you've been moving, and you have achieved something. Um, and it's a lesson for next time. So go back to that test and say, OK, what did I do wrong? On some of the points here, we've said 
going off too fast, not right mindset, maybe you've not eaten well, you haven't slept well, maybe you had a really busy, stressful day at work. Think of all these parameters that may have influenced that test is the first thing. The second thing, I'm very lucky in the place that I live because generally for 10 months of the year, the weather is phenomenal and it's either sunny or if it's and warm or if it's not warm, it's still sunny. So most of my testing I do outside. Now, I actually find that a lot easier. I'm not a very good tester because we're talking about all these things about mentally being in the, uh, being in the right place. And of course, I can give the advice as to what to do. But generally, for me testing, I, I know that one's coming and I think, my God. Okay, if I move that outside, I will actually do a lot better. So on the circuits that I have where I ride and where I train, I've got areas where I will do my tests. I know where my one minute test is, the section of road, where my five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute, 60 minute, 90 minutes are. And I will generally calendar those into the, put those into my training calendar, and I will try to work towards those. So if you're not so great at doing them inside, try to look at maybe doing them outside and try to pick a good course or a good section of road where you can actually you know, uh, develop the skills to, to be able to do that test better. At the end of the day, you know, cycling, unfortunately, is all about pain and suffering. Unless you're riding a, 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 a bicycle down a towpath with a picnic on the front basket, I'm afraid you're going to suffer somewhere. You're going to suffer in the distance you're doing and suffer in the climb you're doing. You're going to suffer with keeping up with your friends. You're going to suffer when you join a club. It is about pain and suffering. We love it. We enjoy it. So it's just a question of trying to embrace that a little bit but try to look at doing things outside and it goes back to what i was saying at the beginning try to look at the smaller uh tests so one minute five minute which are a little bit more doable yeah absolutely and i i totally agree cycling is uh is very much about suffering uh, there's not many people who are uh going out for a bike ride and always enjoying it i think we love as human beings we love to push the envelope as it were push our boundaries and and see improvements and uh, uh not always ride within our, our comfort zones and uh, i think that's an excellent point to leave it at ian i think uh, uh i hope the listeners have um taken away enough from this and uh would uh, leave us a, a comment or a like or a review uh, subscribe or just let us know um if you had any follow-up questions because we're more than happy to uh, to uh, to sort of come back on and do a, a second a second episode on on testing and how to test so ian thank you very much mate it's been an absolute pleasure having you pleasure. on and uh we'll catch and up likewise, soon mate. likewise yeah likewise good to chat and uh yeah i'll speak to you soon and thank you very much it's been it's been brilliant excellent thanks everybody thanks for listening my name is pab bryant i'm performance director and co-founder here at spokes and you've been listening to be spoked <laughs>